name is Sherry. This is a space to sit and relax with me, your mom, Graham, and have musings about being a human, learning, growing, changing, and trying to do our best. Hello. Hey, I am going to talk to you today about nuance and how I'm going to get there is talking about opposites. So let's like move our body in an opposite way. So if you're in your car or alone, you could whisper and then you could shout really loud or you can walk really slow and then run. You can tap your finger lightly on your desk and then you can pound it a little bit. Just move some energy through your body in an opposite way. Because I really believe that to understand something, sometimes it has to live in our body. So start thinking of opposites. But the title of this episode is called, I mean, if you're a Daria, can you really be a Quinn? (laughs) Let me tell you how this came about. I wrote this quote on March 15th, 2021, and it says, I can't teach other people I will accept less than what I need. I was dealing with trying to make a decision at that time that was going to take me out of something I'd committed to and that people counted on me for. And so it was a hard, hard decision. And that was the beginning of this thinking. And a lot of ways to make a decisions, obviously, lots of times involve other people. And that means communication. So I don't know why I had started. I have a shirt in my closet that says Daria. And I wore it the other day. And uh, if you've not seen Daria that was on MTV several years ago, a couple decades ago now, probably, gosh, watch it. Think of any other duos that you know that are opposite. I mean, the Felix and Oscar from The Odd Couple, Lucy and Ethel, Laverne and Shirley, Mary and Rhoda, you can tell how old I am, Phoebe and Monica, Bert and Ernie, Sam and Kat, some of my grandsons, uh, Liv and Maddie, Austin and Allie, Keenan and Kel that they watched when they were younger, Lennon and McCartney. Really, if you think of any rock band, That has completely opposite members, right? Some are really super volatile. Some are really chill. (laughs) Some are bigger addicts than others, you know, that kind of thing. So we need a lot of different people to come in and out of our lives to teach us about ourselves, right? So when I was thinking about Daria, it made me start watching Daria again uh, for a little bit and... (laughs) If you did watch Daria, you can know that Daria talked in a monotone. She was pretty cynical about everything. She dressed pretty severe. She wasn't pretty excited about much of anything. She was very smart, resided in her head all the time, and uh, was okay with that and pretty proud of herself for it, right? That's living in that head, that top part, that attic of the mansion and not the rest of you. (laughs) She had a sister named Quinn. 
and Quinn was really excited about everything and everything was happy and like puppies and rainbows and flowers and Daria, what's so upsetting to you? Daria, why are you so mad? Anyway, there was a lot of fighting between Daria and Quinn and uh, a lot of psychological studies in that uh, family with the parents. But of course, they were trying to get Daria to be more happy like Quinn. They probably would have liked Quinn to be a little bit smarter like Daria. (laughs) But when you think of opposites, you know, opposites attract usually, right? You have a friend that you hang out with that helps you look at things in a brighter way. You usually are friends with people that will say things that you're afraid to say, do things you're afraid to do. Sometimes you look at them as an example. They're teaching you something. But in all of those relationships, you probably do need a little bit more of what that opposite person has. And they might need a little bit more of what you have. But learning what you need is a lot of investigating with you and a lot of communication. And really, sometimes it's not that drastic. It's that nuance. Nuance is a subtle difference or a shade of meaning, an expression or a sound, like, you know, facial expression, body image, body language. You can see if someone's vibing to what you're saying just based on their facial expressions, right, or their body language. If you know someone really, really well, you can see it before they say a word. And I think sometimes we reject the opposite of us because maybe we know we need some of that. And we've already judged that to be, I don't know, superfluous, a two on the surface, we want deep, whatever. We have an opinion of how we got to be. And of course, Everything. I got to be me, right? Frank Sinatra was the first one that taught us that. And we tend to reject right out of hand something that is not what we want to be. And we forget that we can learn from that. If you've been in a marriage or other relationship for a long time, wow, you know all that, right? You see that relationship in a different lens depending on how long you've been with that person. My husband and I were talking about this the other day. Remember when you're first together, it's almost like an addiction. We we had phones attached to the wall back in those days. And I remember my mom saying, wow, every time he calls, you smile. Well, duh. You know, at the beginning of the relationship, it's an addiction mostly, right? You just can't wait to be with that person. You do things like, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. I love you. I love you more. You know, all of that stuff. Um, Well, the opposite of addiction is connection. You know, you really didn't know each other, but you felt those feelings, right? Well, as you get to know each other, you build that connection. But in order to do that, you have to stay vulnerable. Brene Brown says it's so good. You need to have a strong back, soft front, and a wild heart. You need to open up to each other, right? And get to know each other. You have that, no, you hang up. No, you hang up in the beginning. In the end, you might have something more than, I heard this on a podcast once, think of the acronym FIGJAM, F-I-G-J-A-M, FIGJAM. 
fuck, I'm good. Just ask me, you know, pretty soon you've been married a long time. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah, fine. Whatever, whatever, what you think. And I think that you need to grow and stay vulnerable together, right? That communication is important to know where the other person is and where you are. Your purpose in life, your satisfaction within yourself allows you to be there for other people. Other people are not our purpose, though. And fixing them is also not our purpose. Help your partner find their purpose. And that is a lot of talk. It might be therapy. It will strengthen you in your purpose. When you are relaxed and reminded of that peace in that relationship, you can be more creative and open to things. And it helps you see other relationships in a different context. The other things that you need to do to strengthen that relationship are talk like you talk to other people. I think sometimes in long relationships, there's a depth there, but we also assume that that depth means we know what they're thinking or we know how they're going to say, and we predict all of that. We pretty much do know when we've been together for a long time, but just because you've weathered a lot doesn't mean you understand everything. My husband and I have really gotten in the last couple of years because I've been in therapy and stuff and we've changed some environments we've been in. We've had to talk a lot and I'm learning things about him after 43 years that I didn't really know because we'd never talked about specific things like that before because we weren't in this situation before. And when you have gratitude for your partner, the relationship is less stressful. When you're expressing gratitude, you're not upset all the time, especially if you are talking to them like you would talk to other people in a way of kindness. In all communication, that's what we're looking for. We both want to be able to get along so that we can understand where each other is at so it can help us inform that relationship. Understanding where you are both at, how you can come together in that communication. Because what happens sometime in that communication, if we don't look at it as a unit of communication, We have things like Trojan horse communicating. Do you remember the story of the Trojan horse? Horse looked innocent, right? Opened it up, a bunch of people to attack inside. Well, I think that we learn sometimes buzzwords of communication. And we're like, well, you want to hear what I have to say, right? We want to get along. So then you don't mind if you do blah, 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 blah. No, no, wait a minute. No, talking is just to find out where you're at, not to get someone else to do it your way. The other kind of way of doing that is gaslighting. You're constantly questioning somebody when they are telling you how they feel. You're like, wait a minute. You said this before. Did you really mean that? Or why did you say that? Why do you think that? That's not how I think. And, you know, gaslighting for real is, and it's a practice, is a conscious decision to try and help brainwash somebody by making them doubt themselves. You're not consciously trying to do that. But all of a sudden you do doubt when somebody continues to ask you. So not interrogating a a person, but just trying to hear and understand. It takes a patience that 
you have to cultivate. Keep questioning. When you don't understand somebody in your life, keep questioning them. And be honest when you're questioned back. I just had my eyes done, my cataracts done. And wow, you know, when you look at that line on the wall, you want to be able to see the best line, right? But um, because these contacts will, or these uh, lenses will continue to be focused, I had to be very honest with my doctor about what I could see, right? If you aren't honest on that exam, they're going to fit your lenses in a way that you won't be able to see as good because you lied on that exam and said you could see it already. (laughs) I think we do that a lot of times. We say something because we know what somebody wants to hear, but it's not the truth. And then it stirs in us a resentment because they didn't understand. Sometimes in the middle of communication, you have to figure out, is this the right time to talk about this? I don't know if you've seen Peaceful Barb on the internet, Barb Schmidt, but she wrote something one time, the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? If you're experiencing any of those things, probably aren't going to get very far. Check in and see if you just need to take a break for a minute in the middle of that communication. This Ted Lasso wisdom I saw, find out before you spin out, right? Sometimes you are assuming something in a relationship that isn't there because you haven't talked about it. You may have gathered those nonverbal cues, but that's still not an assumption. That's a way to talk. When you think about your kids and the communication you had with the kid, your kid's your mirror, right? They know you now. You are building your, your whole future for them and their future too. You're fixing your past to make their present and future better. But there are truth tellers, right? They are right where you are and they know all about you, the good and the bad. When they're adults, they have that language to communicate to you, or teenagers uh, have that language to communicate to you. Maybe not always kindly or more helpfully in the same way that you don't with them. But gosh, they are such good truth tellers because they really know you. And they are still a lot in their body like we aren't, and so they feel it. My son who is 41 years old, when I was spinning out about starting this podcast, he said something to me that just, he knows how to talk to me, right? He's like, mom, you're just a drop in the ocean, like a, just a speck on this planet. Lots of people are doing this. You're nothing special. (laughs) Well, gosh, that could make you feel bad, but he knew that that's what I needed to hear. I can do this scared. Sure. But I don't have to worry that I'm trying to change the world or people are going to like it or not like it. Most people are so involved in their regular life, they don't have a whole lot of bandwidth for new, exciting things or things they've never heard or they don't have time to search for things. Um, How do you hear of things that you like, you know, if somebody tells you about it, right? Or maybe you read something, I don't know. But what he was trying to say is, mom, just do it. Just throw it out there, see what people think. And I was like, yes. And what's crazy is he also said, I got you, mom. You know, he edits this podcast and he makes it sound good and uh, he puts it out there every week and he 
He taught me how to use all this technical stuff. I'm actually recording this in his old bedroom. So I feel held by my kids. And gosh, when they were teenagers, I don't think we could have pictured getting to this point. You know, they were great kids, but we didn't always communicate as well as I would have liked because I was so black and white then. And maybe they could not always understand that. I kind of was more of a stage manager as a mom instead of just a chill, relaxed, listening mom. Even with our uh, grandsons, they get us. We laugh a lot because my youngest grandson's 13 and my husband, the 13-year-old in him, comes right out when he's with him (laughs) all the time. And we laugh that they're the same person at two different ages. But boy, my grandsons will tell me too, Graham, really, it's fine. I get so worked up sometimes and they just are great at bringing me back down. Remember too, ways of communicating are different because of maybe who you are or how you were. Birth order is a thing, man. It is a thing. I am the oldest of three daughters and I can tell you that I am definitely the most uptight, uh, the most black and white major on the minors, that whole uh, big sister thing. I'm married to a baby of the family. He doesn't really look at things as urgently as I do. I have two kids, same with them. The oldest is much more anxious sometimes than the younger, though the younger can be anxious too for different reasons. It's just So you know what you're working with. And how do you do that? Asking questions, taking breath, not trying to say your point right now. Those nuance between, there's not as much of a gulf as you would think between the two of you, right? If you think of those opposite characters that you were thinking of at the beginning, you can find some of those opposite characteristics in each other that you can admire. Daria is never going to walk around like Quinn all excited. And Quinn isn't going to be like, the world is a cesspool like Daria. (laughs) They're not going to change who they are, but you can borrow from each other the things that you need. So when you think of nuance, think of Uh, Other things, too, we were just at a corn maze with the boys, and they have clues and a map, but gosh, you got to step back sometimes and look at it in a different way because you get too confused in that map. So circle back and see if you're looking at things the right way. Just like I was talking about with my eyes, these lenses will continue to be adjusted, and so my sight's going to get better and better. It's just going to take some time. And I have to do all the things that I'm supposed to do until that set is right, right? I got to wear my dark glasses. I got to put the drops in. Uh, I can't go upside down right now because it's too much pressure on my eyes. Those kind of things. You have to do what you need to get the best result. When I used to teach, when you think of kids when they're really little, all they can understand is their immediate circumstances, right? The They know if they're a baby, they know in their bedroom. They know uh, their pets. They know mom and dad. They know, you know, maybe their neighborhood. They might know their grandparents, their cousins, that kind of thing. And as they get older, 
They know uh, maybe the school teacher. They know the people on the bus. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger for kids, right? They they learn at maybe middle school to be compassionate to other kids, even when it's hard. And then when we're older, we have everything, and somehow we feel like we're responsible for the whole universe. Maybe we need to take that social studies approach and go from big to small. And that helps us reach that nuance, right? We don't have to save the whole world. Let's talk about the people that live in our four walls. Let's talk about ourselves and see if we're okay. Remember that oxygen mask first for you. And uh, something I just realized, this was crazy. You know, when you were little in your family of origin or whatever, you had to be what your role required of you, right? You were just that person, whatever your role was in that family. So you protected yourself any way you could. You know, you maybe acted out, maybe you shut down. I don't know what your family was, but you figured out what was the safest way for you to be in that family, right? And a lot of times we stay that way. But guess what? When you have done work on yourself and you feel safe and confident in who you are, you don't need all of those coping mechanisms that you had as a little kid. I just figured out something. This was really kind of strange. That Daria, that rebel, pretty close to who I always was. I always wanted to be a rock star, ultimate rebel, right? And sometimes I was rebellious just for the sake of being rebellious because I didn't want to be like anyone else. And uh, I was with my daughter and daughter-in-law on a girls weekend. We were at Sephora and I realized that during the pandemic, when I decided to quit coloring my hair, it was pretty much gray and I just decided to let it get that way. And I'm still doing that, still process. I still like it. But I also said, no makeup. I don't need to wear makeup for any reason. And you know what? There's a nuance. I don't have to never wear any makeup. I can wear it if I want to. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to look a certain way. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to pattern myself after anything or trying to look acceptable for anything. It's just kind of fun to play with. And so I let my daughter help me pick out some makeup. And that's that nuance, right? I don't have to never wear makeup. I don't have to always wear makeup. I'm in my house most days. I don't film this podcast, so I don't have to wear makeup or look half decent most of the time. I can if I want to. So this all or nothing thinking, I knew I needed to change some things in my life because I was feeling like that stuck black and white person. And I started out with that intention to not accept less from others than what I needed. And that took me on a whole exploration. It changed some things in my life, a lot of things in my life, so much more so for the better because I decided to, to look at that nuance. What do other people have that I might need? What are some other sources of reading I can look at so I don't see things the same way? Let's go to therapy. Let's, whatever it is, not the black and white. And so I'm going to end with this quote that I read. The truth is everything and nothing really matters. You're given this short life 
And you're one of over 7 billion living humans on the planet right now and billions more who've been here before. If nothing matters, then spend as much of this life as you can enjoying it. And by enjoying, I mean being happy, grateful, connecting with other people, creating in the way that only you can, and adding a whole bunch of love to the world every day that you're here. And if everything matters, well, same goes. Imagine if we all did that. That's Joey Zantamata. So yeah, try not to get stuck in the weeds and the black and white. See where you can soften some of those edges a little bit. Have a good one.